up for Ohio State. You've waited all day for this. So we've got to stay in the way. He's going to take it to the house. 85 yards. Down the right side going Devin Smith. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. The one show that's nothing but the Buckeyes. Oh, and Graham for the touchdown. Kraft shoots it high on the right for three. This is the Buckeye Show. All right, good to be with all you fine Buckeye fans. I'm Timmy Hall. We got our guy Triple H over there running the board. And co-hosting this evening with us, we got a nice power hour, as we typically do on Wednesdays when we get you some Blue Jackets talk with the Inside Edge at 7, and then more Buckeye talk with the 11 Warriors radio hour after that at 8. Tonight, we get Eric Reeser, my friends. Tim... Hayden, good evening. How are we what doing? Was, what was with the massive delay there? It's radio. So things happen, man. Buttons don't get pushed. Sometimes pots don't get faded up. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. You weren't ready to host, were you? I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say that. You just ran into the studio five seconds early. How are you doing back there, man? I'm doing all right. It, it's lonely. I'll be honest. I don't ever really get to host. Um, with anybody in here anymore or co-host anymore. That's not true. Yes, I'm it usually, is. Uh, that's not true. I'm usually always in there. Tim, it's been it's a the minute. the first time I haven't been in there. Well, I, I don't just mean you, but it's it's lonely. So I wish you were here. Hopefully once Snowmageddon comes or Icemageddon or whatever Mageddon we want to add to this thing comes and goes, you can rejoin me and we can do this face-to-face, touching you, touching me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, and you know with when you have white death, when that pops up, it's always good if we're overprepared and then it's a big letdown. I agree. I, I always sign up for that, right? Because they've already canceled some school. They've pretty much canceled all school. But when uh, when you talk about trying to just get to where you need to go, people that still have jobs and they got to get there, we hope that the roads aren't so completely horrendous that everybody's still able to get out and safely do what they got to do. So just just use some caution Keep that car. Everybody try to keep their cars going about the same speed, right? Not like 35 miles an hour over the speed limit. Not 35, 40 miles an hour under the speed limit either. Just a nice steady pace so we can get around the city and get to where we need to go. But we're here for you. We are. So you can kick back and relax and enjoy this hour. we got some good things to talk about, man. Crazy Jim Harbaugh, he is on the topic sheet. We'll get into him a little bit later in this hour. We'll do that in the second segment. We will hear from our head coach, Ryan Day, because not just signing day, man. There's, there's so much going on with this program in the offseason. Structurally, I mean, can you ever recall a season where this much change happened to either side of the football? You saw it this offseason and I'm really excited for how this is going to work in 2022. We got many, many months before that Notre Dame game, but it's going to be impactful. I'm telling you that. This was needed change, everything that happened uh, with this Ohio State football program, but never before has it come right when it's been needed. You know, usually you'll get it too late. It'll happen, but it's too late, or it'll, it won't happen at all. With Ryan Day here, it's happening, I think, at the right time. You couldn't do it midseason, you couldn't do it at the end of last season because you were in the national championship game. So nobody really thought that it was going to be a year, a two-year, three-year problem. But with the defense, with how it was against Oregon, you thought, okay, maybe changes would probably happen come season's end. Obviously, can't wave the right flag in the middle of the year. You try to do everything you can with the people you have in the room to get it fixed. Things didn't get fixed. You saw what happened in Ann Arbor. Now, a week after that, it was Jim Knowles will be in 
and you figured, okay, he's going to come in and make the most of this, get the best uh, he get the most he can out of the immense talent that Ohio State's brought in. And then National Signing Day happens in December, and then the National Signing Day today, where you get a little bit more help defensively because Ohio State's shown in recent years that if you can play right away, boy, you're going to. Well, the thing that you have to love as an Ohio State fan, too, is you, you've only lost to that team up north one time, right? It only took one. That's really it. And to be honest, these changes were going to happen even if they somehow found a way to get that job done. Don't you think? They're, they weren't going to just know. idly sit by and watch those defensive numbers whip through their program again, you know, sh- short of winning the national championship, right? I mean, because even if they beat Michigan, I think we can agree that this Ohio State team wasn't going to get that, wasn't going to reach that ultimate goal. The defense was just not there. It You cannot win the national championship when you are leaking like a sieve back there. And that's what it did. And so there were some massive changes. And even one change on the offensive side of the ball, too, which we've talked about, trying to shore up that offensive line. And it's going to be a critical offseason there because you'll have Paris Johnson going from inside at guard to a position I think he more naturally wants to play. But it's going to be an adjustment phase when he goes to left tackle. And that's what you saw from him as a recruit. So Justin Fry is going to help some of these guys move to those spots and figure out how to play that position to the best of their ability. But it's anything short of a national championship, and Ryan Day is now telling the entire fan base that I, when I signed up for this gig, I wasn't lying when I sat there and I said, you have to win the rivalry game, and then you have to win every game after that. I at least appreciate a guy that makes whatever you want to say. You know, everybody in sports, right? If you're not a sports fan, you've been saying that forever, right? And it kind of it kind of is the tired old thing to hear around the dinner table when you're hanging out with friends who aren't really sportsmen. Oh, can't believe how much money they're making. Like, yes, we we know. It's a lot, right? Yes, Patrick Mahomes makes $500 million. Probably doesn't need $500 million, but that's what the market is. That's the going rate for guys like that. Ryan Day makes a, a load of money, right? But he appreciates the fact and he knows what the standards are and he's going to do something about it. And he's not going to stop until he wins a national championship. So I I like that about him. Well, it's like with everything, with facilities and with coaches, probably here either if it hasn't happened. Well, of course it does. But with recruits coming up now with name, image, and likeness, you're in bidding wars. You're in bidding wars with all of these things. You're in bidding wars to have the nicest facilities. You're in bidding wars to have the top assistants. You're in bidding wars now to, in some places, to have the top recruits. And so this is all just a part of it. And so it was really refreshing earlier this week. And I know we'll hear more from Ryan Day. But on Monday, he spoke to uh, Gene Smith and the brain trust at Ohio State, the university, said, go get the best. We will pay for them. Got to love that, right? Got to have that support. You got to have it. How much do you love hearing things like that? from your bosses and again yes that's in a little bit of a different world than you and i and most of our listening base is accustomed to where you get to you walk into gene smith's office and by the way you saw those financials right which you knew were coming because the last numbers for the athletic department's revenue that was before the pandemic hit so we knew when the cycle caught up and there were no ticket sales for a calendar year over there it was going to be massive did your eyes pop out of your head when you saw, what was it, like $120 million less 
from $233 million of revenue down to what, like 107 Woof. My goodness. It was it was a bit of a surprise, but I, I guess... It, but here it, we are, right? Right. Here we are. Here we're, we're, we're doing this because Ohio State's always going to have, I believe, a Scrooge McDuck vault in which to dive into. And then tomorrow, when they reopen concessions at the Schottenstein Center, they'll probably remake all of that back. Like all of that oh, they yeah. lost because concessions are back. When Ohio State plays Iowa, they'll be fine monetarily. We would like to apologize for this $20 Coke. That you can <laughs> no, that's paying for Jim Knowles. as much as you want. <laughs> Right. Actually, you can refill this Coke. We just forgot to put the uh, air canisters in the back. So it's just going to be very syrupy. So well, think of this when you're overpaying for all of your concessions tomorrow night. Think about just this is what it's going to cost to keep Chris Holtman when Kentucky comes calling. Yeah, don't say that. Perspective. Perspective, Tim. Don't say Kentucky and the Holt man to me. We've got enough on our minds. All right. Can we just leave that in the distance? Coach Cal's got a really good team this year, by the way. They are very good, yes. Did you see how Kentucky <laughs> smoked Kansas? Oh, my God. Maybe the most impressive win all season. Yeah, the best part to come out, the best thing to come of that game, though, was I forget which Kansas player it was, but got attacked by Fog Allen Fieldhouse. He was walking onto the court. One of like the signs hanging from above their little hallway just smacked him in the face. Oh, no. The video's out that. there. Oh, it's beautiful. Not just like a banner, like a. Oh, it's a. It it was either a good a, old like metal or plastic been a, sign. Might have been a clock. Oh God! <laughs> Whack! Now he he was Imagine stunned and, hit, and walked right? back onto the court, but the fog oh. attacked. Do you remember in high school the clocks all had the metal cages around them? Why were we barricading our clocks? They were all pieces of crap. I, I mean, I know the answers to that. You had people throwing stuff at the clocks. If people knew they could just access the clocks. Oh, that's what they did, that's what they they did w- in your school, There huh? would be delinquents. Just a bunch of miscreants just throwing throwing stuff at the clocks. Well, yeah. I mean, we're kids. What do you expect them to do? Got to pass the time. High school's boring as hell, man. Just kidding. Oh, that's why we're a college sports talk <laughs> show. High school's wonderful. Do your homework. <laughs> right. we, we bumped up to a different level there. So we do welcome the 21 guys that are signed, sealed, and delivered right now. It is a little bit of a, you know, it is. It's a day with way less fanfare. I do appreciate how, you know, Ryan Day still does the show. We had that here today, earlier on the fan, so that's cool. And it is sort of, you know, putting a bow on all the work that you did in the early signing period in December, which, by the way, hot topic the whole calendar, and I I swear it doesn't feel like it's been that long, but I had to look it up. It's been since 2017 since they bumped this up to the December signing period, and for as many coaches that were cool with it, I feel like that has now bled north of the 50-50 line where more than half the coaches in college football are against it, and with the crazy coaching carousel, and now with the transfer portal, and how many guys are in it, I I think it just... It throws, it just throws a wrench into the system with how college football operates and where that early signing period is, where you're just finished with the regular season. And if for any team that's any good at all, you're trying to get into bowl practice. And if you're a college football playoff team or coming off a conference championship, it's a really, really big time of the year for you. But either way, the Buckeyes did, you know, got 18 of their 21 then. And today, who do we get, Eric? We got Hero Canoe who's one of these interesting international players, was part of that one program that I think is a, a guy from Ohio here helped create. So he's a defensive lineman. He's going to be a Buckeye. Amari Abor, 
from Duncanville, Texas. Huge prospect. That's the biggest get, in my opinion. And Carson Hinsman, another four-star offensive lineman from Wisconsin. You get a cheesehead to come down here. Justin Fry's got to love that. He's a big get as well. So welcome all 21 of you. And these are all literal big gets. But if you remember, Hinsman was the guy who said when he was at practice for, I think, the Under Armour All-American game, that he was told That's about right. the Stadrawa news right as he yeah. was practicing, and he gave that line that, well, I'm committed to a program, not necessarily a coach. And and so you like what you hear from these guys. You, I, If you didn't listen to the Devin Brown comments, go find them. Like, well, we'll have some for you that we might be able to play during this show, but go listen to his comments and go listen to some of these guys and just how mature that they sound for being 17, 18-year-olds. It, it's, it's pretty incredible that they're able to take this like such a business where – you know, like I just said, high school was boring. How do you think I behaved in college? I was immature until I'm 29. Not these guys. Yeah, I mean, you still dress like Zach Morris even today. So Some would even argue I'm not mature in my 30s. You're right. You're right. You're, you're a very good-looking man, and you have a sharp beard. I give you credit for that. Except you did ditch that beard for a police officer-esque mustache. You still got that going. I haven't seen you this week. You still got it, right? I do. It's a vacation mustache that I'm just continuing. Which, which quarter zip are you wearing today? Are you wearing that neon with the, <laughs> you know. with the green? Are you wearing the pink It's not the neon one. It's just the, the nice little uh, green one, kind of a neutral color that doesn't assault your eyeballs. Oh, I don't like that. Eric Reeser in a neutral color? It's, it's what would you, you consider man. it, Hayden? Got to be you. I'd say it looks like a... Like you cut out a piece of cloth from like a 1970s like uh, couch or something. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> That's that a nice be, 1970s couch though. That couldn't be further from what I know Eric's personality to be. So I'm not I'm not happy about the the clothing report. I need to get you some Washington Commanders gear. That's Speaking what of the That's Washington Commanders, like. I heard you talking with Man and Bone about it. But uh, what'd you think of their uniforms? At least, right? Oh there's, man, there's something oh, different. Uniforms and fun. They look like the, you know, sixth or seventh option that the Oregon Ducks would use if they had that color scheme. That's what I think about those uniforms. What's all the crap they're, like, putting into the numerals? Can I just have a solid color inside my numerals? Tim, what would you think of the Letterman jackets, though, that the whole front office was rocking? Give me a break. If if I see Dan Snyder (laughs) wearing something, I don't ever want to wear it. I thought Dan Snyder was told he couldn't, like, have anything to do with the team. I think this was the end of his moratorium. Oh, okay. Well, he had to come out in that Letterman jacket. Because it's two, 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 two. And we've got an announcement to oh, make. Yeah. How about how about this day, too? I mean, we've got a day that mathematicians are just, you know, swooning over. I never even understand it, too. We've got these days, oh, it's one, two, thirty-four. You know, we've got the walk-up date. Everyone gets excited about these. Oh, February second, two thousand twenty-two. We won't have another day like this until three, three, thirty-three. Okay, who gives a crap? We got signing day. We got Washington football team name day. Like I said, Groundhog Day, all sorts of days here. White Death Day with the weather rolling in. So we just got it all for you. And we're just talking Buckeyes here on the show because that's what we always do. So Eric and I, we talked at great length yesterday about this Jim Harbaugh noise. And we need to lay all our thoughts down in one place, like here on a show. That's next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. All Buckeyes all the time. You're welcome. This is the Buckeye Show on the fan. Yes, it is. We're going to talk about Crazy Jim here in a few moments. I'm Timmy Hall. That's Eric Reeser. we got our boy Triple H running things. But 
We do know that we're right smack in the middle of Buckeye basketball season. We're getting into February now, so we can feel it, right? Like, oh, man. Eric, March Madness is right around the corner. We finish up this month, and then we're there. But there was some stuff going around Twitter moments ago. We had a couple of Iowa beat reporters. Yep. And then we had our own Steve Hellwagon for Bucknuts and 24-7 Sports. I, I don't know why I said our own. I meant like our own because he's on the Buckeye side of thing. He doesn't work here, but he's a great guy. He's been on the show several times. So uh, he was kind of going back and forth with them. And uh, like these are they're, they're good good reporters. Chad Leistakow, he's one of them. He's a sports columnist for the Des Moines Register, one of the big papers out there. And this other guy that was reporting on this situation for Iowa's team is sort of like the Steve Hellwagon. He's listed as a 24-7 sports guy for them. So what Lysakow had said 17 minutes ago, Eric, is that the Iowa men's basketball game at Ohio State tomorrow had been postponed due to this winter storm, sources were telling me. And he said it will be rescheduled. But, hold the phone, I have information that says it is still very fluid right now. As of right now, 623, right. the night before the game, the game is on, okay? O-N. There's been a, there, there's a plane issue, right? Like, you got to check the plane a million times. If there's any kind of mechanical issue, we know, with avionics, you got to check it, you know, until it's good to go. So that's what it is. Something with the plane, maybe less to do with the storm, but they're probably thinking about the storm, and they probably had a timeline of when they wanted to leave, so this is maybe pushing it back a little bit, but they are... They're halted at the moment, but they're doing everything they can to work on options to get here. So we shall see. We shall see. Yeah, fluidity, the word there. And full disclosure, I'll be pushing the buttons for that game tomorrow night. It's an 8 o'clock tip. We'll have pregame here at 7 o'clock. If Iowa can make it to Columbus, the game is a go, regardless of the weather that happens. So that's the biggest hurdle there is getting Iowa to Columbus, like you said, with playing issues and like, whatever they're getting in Iowa city. And then what's also they're basically flying with on their way over here is that snow ice Mageddon. That's going to be hitting in the next 24 to 48 hours. So a lot to work with there, but game is still on as of this moment. What, uh, what equipment you working with there, Eric, now what they do in the airplane industry in the, yeah, you, you, check, you check some buttons. You make sure some faders are okay. My headphones, I'll be using my, my iPod make headphones. Make sure your Wi-Fi so. is off. <laughs> Wi-Fi has to be off. Uh, your, seat, your seat has to be in the right position. Your tray table up. Getting all that before I can go and make sure Paul and Ron have everything they need. When we, when we talk equipment, are we talking about what kind of plane we're flying? Is it as simple as that? Are we talking about our Boeing? Are we talking about our like, uh, Airbus, our Boeing, our, our Learjet? Or tail numbers, whatever. Is that what they're sure. getting at? That's exactly what I was thinking, at least. Well, we just we got to make sure that all of our, our mechanicals. No, nothing's cleared for takeoff away. right now, but there is an expected uh, landing time for this game tomorrow. Well, this is just par for the course for this basketball season. If it, if it isn't COVID on your side, if it isn't COVID on the opponent's side, well, then White Death just rolls into town and says, hold my beer. And then an airplane says, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to have uh, a leak in my fuel line. So the, the Hawkeyes aren't going to be able to take off. 
It's always got to be something. So hopefully we get the game in. Stay tuned for details on what happens there for the Buckeyes and the Hawkeyes tomorrow because it was a chance. And it's still going to be the Big Ten would, would reschedule. They want to get all 20 of their regular season games in. They're trying to find that pocket to where they can get the Nebraska game done. And they should be able to get a chance to do that. But, hey, man, all that's being talked about with Jim Harbaugh right now, huh? And, and still, Eric, first of all, he's got to get a job, right? All this is still noise. It's, I know it's not noise. He has had an interview with the Minnesota Vikings, but we aren't seeing anything reported that the Minnesota Vikings want Jim Harbaugh as their, you know, as their guy. Like, if that's their top choice, we don't know that yet, but he was to interview again today. But he's not been offered the job yet. We just seem to think that he's leaving. And I think the optics are already at a certain place, Eric. He's trying to get out of Michigan. He's using this one little blip where they had a good year, even though it ended with epic failure and an embarrassment in the national playoff semifinal. He's trying to get out of Michigan. He's a Michigan man, my friend. Yeah, we've seen how much that's worth in recent years on National Signing Day. And I know a lot can be made because early National Signing Day is in December. So this is much a, a, a bygone formality today is. But on the day, a day like this, where you've got a guy like Ryan Day having his coaches show, you've got you know things happening at Ohio State's campus Monday, Tuesday, and then today on Groundhog Day that signals, hey, we're really excited about the future of our program. You hear crickets from Ann Arbor because the head Michigan man is in Minneapolis or somewhere in Minnesota interviewing for another job that's not the one he currently has. If there are worse optics, well, the NFL would probably like to have a word with you because they're having a hell of a week. Uh, but this one, uh, th this stinks. This this stinks for Michigan because this really just shows that he these, they've always kind of been second fiddle for him. Always. Since he got there, it had always been about getting back to the NFL. And now he's so desperate to do it, he will take interview requests from everybody. Has they, has it always been second fiddle? Or has this been something that Harbaugh realized when he got to the Big Ten just how dominant Ohio State was in this conference? I think this was maybe a gradual buildup to when here he is six years into his tenure and seven really, because they, they didn't play Ohio State during right. the pandemic, and he's one in five, so he missed a year, seven years, right? He realized how difficult this was and how Michigan football, oh, so what about the history? It's a different ball game right now. Things have completely changed. The complexion of college football, you're seeing plenty of proud programs that are having trouble getting back to where they once were. And maybe this isn't something that Jim Harbaugh can succeed long-term at. He is a really, really weird guy, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's weird in the PJ Fleck kind of way, where some of that you know crazy rah rah stuff can kind of connect. Harbaugh just sort of has that glossed over, glassy look in his eyes, like you don't know what planet he's on from one minute to the next. But in the NFL, when it's just working with professionals and maybe minimizing contact a little bit and letting all your other boatloads of assistant coaches do their jobs. You can focus on certain types of things. That was something that he did flourish in when he was a coach with the San Francisco 49ers. It's just crazy to me how this is where Michigan is. 
you had a guy. This there was no bigger story than Jim Harbaugh being the one to rev the engines for Michigan, to get them back on a level playing field and have some great rivalry games with Ohio State. Winning once, sorry. You know, I, I, I give you your chance. This would be your, your year to gloat, and you can continue to do that, Michigan fans. Your year to gloat until Ohio State wins it. But if we're talking big picture, the whole ball game, total failure. Absolute embarrassment what Jim Harbaugh's run at the University of Michigan was, if he's gone. And this might not even be the lowest point because we're sitting here on February 2nd, and if he is, in fact, leaving, who's going to replace him? Because all the worthy or all the qualified candidates or the most qualified candidates have gone elsewhere. Uh, if if they could pull a P.J. Fleck right now, that'd be the coup of the year. If they could pull a Matt Campbell from Iowa State, I mean, these guys are already kind of moving forward with their 2022. And so for Michigan, just keep kind of sitting there, spinning its wheels I mean, they could work within the program, but you really think a Josh Gaddis or a Mike Hart's ready to win at Michigan now. I mean, it torpedoes the program, not just in the short term, but in the long term. And so when you talk about an embarrassing and and kind of a disappointing tenure for Jim Harbaugh, Michigan, I think Tim, it's going to get worse. It's good news for Ohio state as if he's gone and you know, they've got to hit sort of a reset button. They have some recruiting pitfalls in the shortcoming. I did see one Michigan site throw an interesting name out there. We can feed that one to you. I want to switch things back to Ohio State, though. More on the hire that has dominated the offseason so far at the Woody. We're hyping up Jim Knowles a lot. Are we doing it a little bit too much at this stage of the game? And we'll give you some interesting comments from your coach on how he's structuring his program. That's coming up next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. Where every segment is another Buckeye surprise. You've got the Buckeye Show. Timmy Hall and Eric Reeser hanging out with all you fine Buckeye fans here. you got a great coach in Ryan Day. He's not done doing the work, not by a minute, with this program here. He's aiming to win a national championship. Hey, by the way, we here are sponsored by Moo Moo Express Car Wash. Our friends there, that's the home of the Unlimited Wash Club. And we also, later on in this hour, we're going to have a pair of tickets, Eric. Ohio State men's hockey back at the Schottenstein Center this weekend. And, uh, yeah, they're taking on Wisconsin Friday and Saturday. We're going to have a pair to that Saturday game. So that's pretty nice for the people. With concessions. Yeah. What a win. Whatever you want, man. (laughs) You know what? You know what about Harbaugh, too? I was thinking about this. Tiger Woods used to always set a number for putts that he would have to drill before he was even allowed to walk off the putting green. You know what I mean? Like, I got to knock in 15 in a row from 10 feet, probably with my eyes closed, too, right? Or one-handed, something like that. Jim Harbaugh wins the Ohio State game once. And it's, oh, there's my sliver of an opportunity to get to the NFL. Let's go interview. Let's try to use my connections, and let's get there. And well, I mean, there you go. It's that's the difference. You do you beat him one time, and then you run. You make the comment about hitting a triple, or thinking that you hit a triple when you were born on third base. Ryan Day hits triples. All right, he hits triples. You're running now because you've got a shot to go to the league. Well, I mean, even when Michigan in years, you know, in in year two, three, and four, when when Michigan was actually doing pretty well nationally. There were rumblings that he was looking to get back into the NFL, and then he kind of hit a rough patch, and and they didn't do very well for a couple of years in 2020 and 2019, and it was just like, okay, then 
maybe he's not a sexy candidate anymore for the NFL. And now that they did what they did this past year and go to the college football playoff talks are back. So I don't really know if it ever went away for him. It just ebbed and flowed to how, you know, he went in Ann Arbor kind of. It's tough with these coaching hires, right? You really got to do your homework. And look, you mentioned Josh Gaddis and and Mike Hart, the in-house guys. You would like to think that, you would still think of yourself in a certain type of way, even though we know what it is up here or down here in Columbus and how we've done in the rivalry the last 20 years and all the work that's been done here the last two months since that embarrassing defeat. You'd like to think, though, you could go out and explore some pretty high-profile candidates. Seeing Jeff Halfley being written about by some of the uh, Michigan writers up there is interesting that would be wild but you just have to find somebody who is going to treat that like the best job that there is because jim harbaugh clearly isn't he is a guy that played there he did the nfl thing he had been there and done that and he didn't get much done didn't even really sniff winning a national championship one conference championship in seven years and that's it and he's got to win the interview is everything that I was reading from pro football talk. And even if the GM there who is on Harbaugh's side, you got ownership in the NFL. And sometimes you like to think that the GM has that autonomy to do what they want to do. I don't know if that's exactly the way it is in Minnesota right now, but it certainly seems like we should know something tomorrow there. Let's go to the Buckeye side of things side of things. And of course, a lot of it is on, Jim Knowles, and we'll get into this, and and if we're hyping this too much, I I think, first off there, Eric, I don't think we are. I I think Ryan Day, the way he's explained this to us, is getting a defense where they don't have to really tinker anymore. It's a system that everybody knows so well that whenever there's a problem, there's going to be an answer for it. And from game to game, Jim Knowles is going to have these pieces, these chips, where he can just attack opposing offenses' weaknesses. And he can teach these players in a way that's going to be aggressive, in a way that's going to be fun, where they get to blitz, they get to sack the quarterback, they get to disrupt passing lanes. I, I, I think this is a big-time hire. I think it is going to have immediate payoff. Now we just have to see it because the first game is big with Notre Dame, so we'll know soon. I agree. Uh, the talent for Ohio State, we obviously know is there. Uh, there have been five-star guys every single recruiting class since before I can really remember. And uh, I think the, the the thing you like about this Jim Knowles hire, and, and I don't think it's being overhyped too much, but it's new. So everybody loves something new, right? You love a new car. You love getting new shoes. You love getting new clothes. I love getting new it's neon, expensive. New neon quarter dollars. zips. Right. And you yeah. paid a lot for <laughs> yeah. it. So you hope that that... That shines on the field. And you look at Oklahoma State's defense, and they're ranked fifth nationally last year. And then I go back to the talent, what I was saying, and the talent that Ohio State has in that defensive in that defensive group, in whichever room you want to pick, has almost exponentially more talent than what was in Oklahoma State's defensive core. So you, you see all these four- and five-star guys for Ohio State. You see all these two, threes, fours, maybe a five thrown in there with Oklahoma State. You say, wow, if he did that with that in the Big 12 – which we've giggled about for a decade about, well, you know, defense is optional in the Big 12. Mm -hmm. What's he going to do here with all of this talent? Where defense is supposed to be a big thing. It's supposed to be three yards in a cloud of dust. And Knowles, too. Like, he strikes everybody as having that mad scientist type of vibe where 
He's someone that just gets knee-deep in the film, right? And he just can look at schematics on a football field, and it just it, his brain just starts ticking. It understands every – he sees anything that an offense is doing, and he knows how his exact shell is fit to adjust and handle that. Whatever kind of formation, whatever kind of fit the offense is going to be, and he knows – how to make that four-two-five that he runs with the certain with the personnel that he can sub in and sub out to account for anything. So I think that's what's so cool about this. So here's Ryan Day and Triple H. Get this one ready for me because this I think shows you where Ryan Day is with how he is operating now. And he used that term of how almost the head of every single department. You look at offense, defense, special teams, even recruiting. He talks about. He kind of looks at it now with his program as. He pinpoints head coaches for all of those spots. Here he was talking about Knowles, the hire, and the structure in the program right now. At the end of the day, I was I was really looking for a head coach of the defense. And certainly his background and all the people that have worked for him and with him have said such unbelievable things. And you watch the film of the way his team plays. They play hard. Uh, they have a system. They have answers. And they've done a great job developing. And so when you combine all of those things and all the people that have worked with him and for him, then to, to me, by the end, when you started going through all the candidates, it seemed like the best fit. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, we had some certain things that we had some common ground on. But the end, again, when we uh, finish the conversation, you know, I'm going to run the offense. And when this thing's running well, um, you know, there's a head coach of the defense, there's a head coach of recruiting, there's a head coach of the special teams, and then I'm heavily involved with the offense. If if those things aren't happening, and I'm now I take away from the offense, then this this the way that this structure is built isn't you know being optimized. Yeah, and that part at the end, Eric, by the way, if you're wondering, we do have Kevin Wilson here. We do have Tony Alford and Brian Hartline, and they get raises. But Day's not giving up his keys to the offensive ship. No, it's his. He's going to have hands-on with that. He's the wizard. And out of that clip, all you can take is he's telling Jim Knowles, I don't want to get involved. Don't make me get involved. Because he had to get involved this past year in the defense. And you can tell at different points in the season when he was talking about his involvement in the defense, he wasn't thrilled with it. And so that's why if, you know, Jim Knowles, when he was speaking, said, I, you know, I don't really have uh, four months. I don't really have four games for this to get it right. He knows. Four quarters. Four quarters. No Excuse me. Yeah. He, you got to get it right now. Yeah. And so I, I think everybody appreciates the immediacy uh, and the sense of urgency that's here with this. Um, and, and I think that should give Buckeyes a lot of excitement for what's to come. Head coaches for everything. Do you, would you like to be the next head breakfast coach? Because we trying to get coaches for everything now. I don't, do that. well, my, I guess the head breakfast coach, my, the pre, who would be the predecessor of head breakfast coach in central Ohio. Those would be pretty big shoes to fill. I do like to make sandwiches. I like breakfast sandwiches all around the clock. So you can be the all head breakfast bread, coach. All types of meats. Perfect. Yeah. That's fine. I will, I will take on that role. So uh, this guy is supposed to be enjoying the week more than anyone, but he keeps ticking people off more on this next. It's the Buckeye show on the fan. Brace yourselves for more Buckeye banter. This is the Buckeye Show. Timmy Hall and Eric Reeser. And you fine Buckeye fans tonight. Hunker down. Get ready for it. Whatever this weather's going to do, we can take it. We're just going to start a fire and play cards all night. We don't need no power. You can watch the uh, most recent episode of Book of Boba Fett. Hmm. Yeah, but what if we have no power? How are we going to watch anything on your phone? No power. 
on, on your, your phone? phone. Let's pretend we don't have the electronics, all right? You, you can get a little battery-operated radio. Like, that could be really old-timey because when we were listening to the radio back in the 1920s. So that'd be kind of cool. If that was your only that cool? form of media. I don't know if that would be kind of cool. Sounds horrifying. Just for a night. What are we doing here, Eric? Well, you were talking about a guy who made a lot of people mad (laughs) by not doing something earlier this week. And that was a pretty good tease because, like, who could he be talking about? Yeah, Tom Brady is who I was talking about. But before I talk about Tom Brady, I got to give out the tickets. What uh, caller number should we do? Keep it within reason. Two. Caller numero two. Not caller number 12 for Tom Brady. Caller two for J.K. Dobbins. So here we go. Ohio State men's hockey. They're back at the shot this weekend. If you call 614-821-9710, do it right now. Second caller, you get a pair to see the Buckeyes and the Badgers on Saturday the 5th. And like Reeser says, concessions. Yes. Make sure you spend at least $400. Well, some, you got to pay for Jim Knowles somehow. Yeah, you do. You got you to pay for him somehow. And the 600 analysts that Ohio State football has brought in, too. Don't, don't forget about those guys, because they're not making $2 million a year. But again, when you have that many, you've got to pay them. So, uh, f- for one, Tom Brady, he's, he's making a lot of people mad out there. Why, right? He's, just, he's a guy who's had a legendary career, and he's retiring. You know, Adam Schefter said he was retiring. He wasn't ready for that to be announced yet. Camp wasn't ready for it. Took another 24 to what, 36 hours, whatever, before they came back, and Brady wanted to do it his way. Posted the photo, which was a photo of him in the Bucks uniform, which, you know, fine. That's where he's played for the last two years. It was the Bucks versus Patriots game, people were pointing out. And he's kind of given the point, right? And they won that game. Tampa did. So Pats fans are a little disgruntled about that. And then I guess when you scroll through the few things that he posted, there isn't a mention of the New England Patriots. So they're upset, and Scott Zolak up there, who does radio in Boston, he's really ticked off by that too. And the other thing was that's making some people mad that he didn't tap the right quarterback for the next great one. A little uh, Instagram story, he chose Lamar Jackson, Eric, to single out and say, you're next. When you got, you know, Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, who's in the Super Bowl right now, and Patrick Mahomes, who's been pretty good and has already won a Super Bowl. So is Tom Brady pissing you off like he is the rest of the free world? No, no, I, I can't provide any energy to what Tom Brady does on, on his social media. Well, I, that's, I, you're, a, you're a refreshing I, guy. Then, I, I can understand where there would be Patriots fans not feeling great about what is that could be a perceived snub. I don't buy Scott Zolak doing it. You just gave Scott Zolak a week of radio material to do. Um, I, I don't buy the Barstool guys being actually mad about it because you just gave them a month of material to use. Like That's content for them. And uh, did he mean it? Yeah, he's intentional. He's a smart guy. Everything he does is intentional. Everything he says is intentional. Does he think Lamar Jackson's going to be one of the, the, the next guy up? Sure, he could. Great. But if you're going to want like anger out of that for me, you're not getting it. Like whatever, Tom, like, great. Do, can you go away? Can that just be a thing? No, you want Tom to go away and that's it. He's not playing football. I don't care if he's not playing football. I don't care. Oh, he's an interesting guy. 
Tom is he that is interesting, in- though? Tom's an interesting dude. Yeah, I want to see what happens next for him. This whole thing with the diet, never touching any bad food. Now that he's done, what's going to happen? I mean, I've I've enjoyed Peyton Manning in his retirement. You haven't? He's a fun guy. Peyton Manning and, and what, Tom Brady are two very different people. One's entertaining and kind of quirky. The other's just by himself and weird. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. You're, you hate Tom Brady. I, I don't didn't know, hate Tom Brady. I didn't I just, know how much I just don't care. Like, we're all getting so hot and bothered by this. I is is There's so much else we could expel our energy on. We, we're choosing Tom Brady and what he did or didn't do on social media. Great, no, I, Great. I, agree, I agree with you. It's I'm trying to think like what would be worse what LeBron did in Cleveland right with leaving them and the decision he does come back clearly you get one championship but some would say when you've got the transcendent talent like LeBron James you you had your your heart set on at least two maybe three when you when you had LeBron land in your lap with the number one overall pick and then he leaves again to go and win uh, for another franchise with L.A. And but I think LeBron mentions Cleveland a lot, though. That's the one difference. I, it makes me think of what the brass did, Kraft and Belichick. How bad was that? Probably. How bad was that for Brady for him to not mention them? Or was it just a guy typing some things up on his phone? We get to the Hall of Fame speech, and then we can come back to this. Okay, <laughs> then, I agree. Then, then that will be something to say, like, oh, wow, he's gone his 20 minutes at the Hall of Fame and didn't say a thing about his time in New England. I mean, he's got a whole entire show talking about his time in New England right now. So there is that. But, Eric, good stuff, my man. We'll do it again soon, okay? Absolutely. How about Friday? Friday sounds good. I will be there. All right, Buckeye fans, some good stuff coming up here, some Jackets talk, and then the 11 Warriors radio hour after that. We'll see you tomorrow. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan.